Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. What the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fucking ears, what the fuck nicks. Welcome to the UCB Theater in Los Angeles for live what the fuck. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little edgy, I'm a little tired, and I want you to know what's going on with me. This is Victor, my mailman, by the way. I, um, this is Victor C. What's that? your mailman. I'm sorry, I forgot there's a hierarchy. Victor works at the post office. He's, uh, huh? Spent time talking to you in the window. I remember who you are. I was there yesterday. Customers pissed off because we're talking. You think you get them pissed off? It's not the fact that I bring in 900 t-shirts to mail internationally. You, you think that it's you talking to me? Like, sometimes when you start talking to me and I've got a stack of T-shirts to mail to Indonesia, I have a lot of fans. Why do what the fuckers in Indonesia? I don't know why. But you think that somehow it's you? Because I always wonder about that. Like, I've just gotten done spending 45 minutes at your window mailing T-shirts around the planet, and then you're like, this neighborhood's growing. And I'm like, are we, are we doing that now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you, you're bringing in revenue. The other 28 guys are just want one stamp. Can I have one stamp? <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying they deserve to fucking wait? You're going to punish the one Come stampers? On, one stamp. All right. I, now I know who you are inside, Victor. <laughs> and I like it. So I'm starting to realize that, uh, you know, as you know, the, the podcast is, is getting popular and people like it, and I'm very happy about that, but there's part of me that's thinking, I'm going to fuck this up. And it's a very strong part of me. I don't know if you can relate to that, but literally, I'm just like, I'm going to fuck it up. But sadly, there's another voice inside of me that's saying, let's fuck it up. (laughs) Come on, dude. And so now I have to go, shut the fuck up. And then he goes, that's the attitude. See, I bring a little of that to the interviews. Fuck it. Don't you want to be free, man? Just shut up. I'm doing this. Good. So that's going on. What else? Okay. The boots are fine. All right, that issue has been resolved thanks to a connection I have at Red Wing. I got a guy at Red Wing when I was uncomfortable with my boots because they were too fucking big, which is really my fault, and he heard me talking about them in the last live podcast. He terrorized, I think. He called the Chinatown Red Wing store and told them to take my boots back after I'd worn them. And I went da- back down to Chinatown to deal with the Korean Red Wing store. And look, I got to be honest with you, I'm uncomfortable with Asians. And, and I... <laughs> And it's, it, but it's not a racist thing. They just intimidate me because I just don't know where, I don't know how to fucking, you know, I don't know how, what to say to them. Is that weird? Like, because, you know, I think, I don't know how to make them laugh. I mean, I don't know what they like to laugh at. And I don't know if I'm generalizing, but like I'm thinking kabuki, you know, I'm thinking puppets, and I don't do any of that. See, now I think that was a little racist, was it not? I'm sorry. Are you Asian? You. Yeah. All right, well, what the fuck? Why? I'm just asking. You look a, a little. Is there a little? I get that a lot, but no, it's not. What is it? <laughs> really? I think at a certain age, you might want to investigate that. I, am I wrong? 
Thanks for coming, by the way. I'm so good with the audience. <laughs> so out in the, uh, out in the garage, there's a, a major ant problem. I went out there the other night and there was a parade. I mean, like, it was thousands of ants, some of them with wings. So I thought they're termites, and then I went into a panic at 11.30, and I realized that there was really no one you could call for emergency termite removal <laughs> at 11.30 at night. That's one of those things that can wait. And then I, I was so freaking out that I saw my neighbor across the street, and I'm like, Terry, come here. And Terry's like this Jehovah's Witness guy. You know, he's a nice guy. He's got a nice family, very pleasant, doesn't cuss. And I actually, when I'm around him, I'm like, Terry, you got to check out these fucking, I'm sorry, these ants. <laughs> And he comes over, and we're in there, and he's like, oh, man, you got a real problem here. I'm like, I know, but what are they? Are they ants? Are they termites? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, How, why don't you know? You're an older man. You've lived in this neighborhood. This is wisdom you should have. He's like, I don't know. And then, like, he goes, I'll try to find out for you. And then he comes back across the street. He's on the phone with his son. He's like, listen, my son's on the phone. His best friend works for Terminix, and he says they're ants. And he says, what you need to do is spray rubbing alcohol on them. Right, secret wisdom. So I'm like, okay, where do I get rubbing alcohol? He's like, I've got some, because I use it in my windshield wiper thing, whatever. So, <laughs> so I fill up these things with rubbing alcohol, and I start spraying these ants, and they just freeze and die almost immediately. Thousands, I killed thousands. <laughs> Are you giving me a sad face? They're fucking ants. Are you Tibetan? <laughs> but, but, but to be honest with you, I, I did feel bad. Because, like, do you ever have that moment where you look at ants and, and you say, like, they're so organized. <laughs> like, they've really got their shit together. Who am I? Why can't I live in peace with these ants? Because clearly I'm not organized and they are doing something important. <laughs> I got over that. And then I called the guy to come fix them. I had to find out whether they're termites or not, and I put them in a jar. And, and the guy, the, the, uh, the, the exterminator comes over, and I'm like, I, I dumped the jar. I'm like, what are those? <laughs> and he's poking at him. He goes, those are gnats. And I'm like, is that good? <laughs> he's like, yeah, they're harmless. And I'm like, excellent. So they're not termites. So then he sprayed the entire house, and he left his clipboard at my house. So I have, so theoretically, I could exterminate now. Like, if I had the thing, I could show up and go, hey, I'm, I got a clipboard. I'm here to spray the house. One other thing, though. We have a good show. Uh, uh, Moshe Kasher is here. Uh, Laura Keitlinger is here. Brendan Walsh is here. Jim Earl is here. Eddie Pepitone is here. And they're all here. It's very exciting. I have not seen, uh, I've not seen Laura in a long time, and that should be fun because we, uh, we kind of started together. Oh, the other thing. A fan sent me a cleaver. Thank you because I had the coconut problem, so then I get this huge cleaver in the, in the mail, and my housemate is looking at it, and she's like, what the fuck? That's like a real cleaver. And the thing about cleavers is they're sort of menacing. I mean, they're practical, but they're kind of asking to be used wrong. <laughs> Just by virtue of the way they look, it's almost like having a gun in a house. That's going to lead to trouble. How can you not pick up a cleaver in anger? And we, we, we hammered it on, it's like on a hook right in, in plain view. It's almost like an art piece. This huge cleaver is just hanging in the kitchen. And then I, I told her, I said, look, here's what you do. Because it's like, it's in the kitchen here and here's the door to the living room right here. And I said, if anyone ever comes in, what you do is you go, don't hurt me. And you kind of back into the kitchen and just reach. 
for the fucking cleaver. Right in the middle of the head. So he does that thing where he goes, from several different, like many different angles, you know, and just like blood coming out. Okay, here's what I learned about my anger, and then we'll bring out the first guest. Oh, by the way, can I just say we have a celebrity in the house? You know what this is? The guy who designed this, Nathan Smith from Seattle, down in LA, in the house tonight. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> Fucking genius. Right there, man. Nathan Smith. I realized something about my rage, folks, because I recently lost my shit on somebody because she was annoying me. kept pushing my buttons and I finally just fucking lost it and I have not experienced that kind of rage in a long time and I realized something about my rage as as frightening as it is I'm not a violent rage person because I called my friend Dave who's a fucking satanic little dwarf and you know I said to him I said I've got, I have a rage problem he's like yeah me too dude and and he like told me about his rages which get violent mine never get violent it, like I'm too sensitive and self-aware to even rage right <laughs> Like, literally, I'm screaming, fuck you! You have, you have no respect for my boundaries! <laughs> You're obsessing about shit! It's bull, fuck you! And my friend Dave's laughing. He's like, that is so not where I go. <laughs> and I'm like, where do you go? He's like, I go to this. Fuck you, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill your fucking family. <laughs> and so I said, that's better, that's better. A little more impact. <laughs> you hurt my feelings. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, fuck emails. God damn it, I'm rambling. Emails, funny ones or one, one touching one? One touching one and what? Like two funny ones? What do you want? Okay, your podcast probably saved my marriage. Hand to God. The conversation you and Maria Bamford had about anger and the dynamics you described between yourselves and your respective significant others described what, to a bit of a lesser degree, but not much, was going on between my wife and I. I'm in recovery, and I have that tendency to explode or to emo-vomit, as my wife and I have termed it, because that's really what it's like. Uncontrollable at times. Like, my eyes are corks, and my emotions are building up trying to push them out of my head. You have no respect for my boundaries. <laughs> it doesn't happen all that all the time because I've tried to control it, but that dynamic of the person being exploded on, slowly losing respect and love for the explodee, we were definitely heading down that road. My wife's been asking me to get some help with it for a while on and off, and I always thought my way around it. But after hearing you two uh, describe it, I realized she's been right and made an appointment with a therapist. So thanks, man. Rob. Oh. I know how that conversation went. I'm fucking going. <laughs> All right? I heard the fucking podcast. Just shut the fuck up. I'm going to fucking deal with this. All right? Stop crying. <laughs> I've had that one. You still mad at me, dude? I don't care what you are. I love everybody. <laughs> My WTF and a thank you. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. I don't say it like that. Hey, Mark. I want to tell you about my WTF day I'm having. My manager is a bipolar compulsive liar. Good start. Good open. The owner of the company is an obsessive compulsive narcissist. My coworkers are fucking morons. 
I feel like the only sane person left in this place. I'm having one of those days that when you walk past one of the idiots you're forced to be civil to on a daily basis and they're just sitting there looking stupid, you just want to punch them in the side of their stupid head while you're walking past. But I didn't do that because I can't afford the legal fees. How exceedingly retarded can one person be? I work with people who do not wash their hands after using the restroom and then walk straight to the fucking coffee pot and pick it up. I can't even drink the free coffee here because these douchebags don't have the fucking decency to wash your hands after holding their dicks to pee. The only way I, I had found to effectively deal with frustration is to go to my car, take a deep breath, and scream as long and loud as I can usually makes me feel much better. I had to quit that though because one day a customer was walking past my car and heard me scream and looked at me like I had six heads. <laughs> now that I found WTF, it distracts me from the idiocy surrounding me and it also helps that I listen to the podcast with my headphones. Everyone sees them in my ears and realizes I can't hear them so they don't even bother me. I've taken to wearing the headphones all the time now. <laughs> even when I'm not listening to anything. And I have to tell you that the advice you've given others about realizing you're just a guy sitting in a chair, it really does help. I'm alive and healthy, I have a job, and wonderful people in my life. And as long as I think about that, I'm okay. We're all okay, really, if we think about it the right way. Thanks a lot for putting out such a great podcast. I really appreciate the work you do. Best of luck with everything, and thanks a fucking ton. So this guy's got his shit together, except that he screams in his car alone. <laughs> And wears headphones even when there's nothing on. <laughs> I love my fans. Oh, this was pretty good. And then we'll get the show going. A huge WTF moment. Now, I, I think that if you picture this as a short film, as if I'm pitching you a short film, it would be enjoyable. <laughs> hey there, people at the WTF podcast. Me. I want to start by saying my dad is an avid listener of your podcast, as well as I. I am a 16-year-old kid from southern Vermont, and the other day a couple of my friends and I were struck with one of the biggest WTF moments in our immediate history. <laughs> I know what he's trying to say. Um, it started with us getting out of school early and going to one of our friends' houses in preparation for some filming. Everything was going as planned. No WTF moments yet. As we get there, three of us storm this kid's house in search of food. As we bust through the door, it was my first time in his house. I looked around at this new place that I've never been before. I glance at this giant beanie bag and say, oh, that's cool. <laughs> then here comes the WTF moment. I glance at his TV, nothing special, until I realize that sitting in front of his TV was a fucking rubber cock. <laughs> I say, what the fuck, pretty loudly. And one of the kids I was with came in and looked at the dildo and yelled, what the fuck? <laughs> Finally, the kid whose house it was came in baffled by the loud what the fucks and stares at the fucking dildo. He begins to yell, what the fuck? <laughs> and with that, a what the fuck bomb was set off. There was a solid five to 10 minute period where all we could say was what the fuck? Isn't that a great image? Just like six 16-year-olds like dancing around a dildo going, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> okay. He had no idea whose it was or where it came from. The mysterious dildo. Where is the dildo from? One of my friends proceeds to pick it up with two CD DVD cases. <laughs> 
and throw it on the bathroom floor. Like he's a fucking animal. Oh God, it's alive! It's still alive! She's been picking up with, don't touch it! It's been in somebody's place. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> throw it on the bathroom floor. At this point, a couple more people showed up and had confused faces as to why we were all screaming, what the fuck? Once they knew why, they as well were yelling, what the fuck? Oh my God. Finally, the friend whose house it was picks it up with some toilet paper and threw it away. All the while screaming, what the fuck? As we were all reeling out of this shocking moment, my first impression of this house was set in stone. What the fuck? It's still a mystery to whose it was. Sincerely, Wyatt. So I wrote back. Wyatt. Sounds like someone was watching some porn and forgot to clean up after themselves. Or ran off in the middle. I assume the culprit was that kid's mom or sister who had to then go fish their friend out of the garbage after you guys left. Wyatt, it's just a toy that people stick inside themselves. <laughs> no biggie. Good story, though. Thanks for listening. All right, let's get the show going. My first guest, is, I'm, now, I'm now I'm that guy, is a wonderful young comic out there working the clubs, you know how they do. He's very funny, and I just worked with him up at the Purple Onion, and uh, he just told me he got a book deal, which is very exciting. Please welcome to the stage, Moshe Kasher. Hi. How are you? Hi, hi. Hi, Moshe Kasher. Hi, Mark Marin. You're a snappy dresser. That's true. It's I, taken you a while to come upon this look. I have to be honest with you, the first time we worked together, I think you opened for me in San Francisco, and, and you were dressing in a sort of hip-hop, baggy pants. You looked angry and lost. <laughs> and I thought to myself, how does a Jew get that angry and lost? Jews only get that angry and lost. <laughs> but you, you chose a very unique route to go with it. I mean, you know, I, no, mean, I think Jews have been pretending to be black since the dawn of time. I mean... Really? Since, like, since the dawn of time? Do you think like, that like Moses was like, what up, dog? Well, I think that that's racist that you think black people talk like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The Asian guy said that earlier. <laughs> <That's true>. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, he didn't know that you meant... He thought you meant, why do people think you're Asian, not what racial background are you? Am I right? Yeah. See? Yeah. Oh. So I misunderstood something for a change, and it's racially, you know, toned, like the last fucking live <laughs> podcast, where I thought Jamaica was Haiti. <laughs> I fully believe I'm not a racist person, but I just like acknowledging the stereotypical differences no. between us. No, I think you're right. <laughs> You've got a kind of Asiatic, like, tundra, Asiatic. tundra like a tundra, a tundra situ thing. Are yeah. you saying he looks like an Inuit? Yeah, yeah. Which I just learned was the right word for Eskimo. Not snow Mexican. Huh? <laughs> snow Mexican? <laughs> See, you open the door and what walks in? <laughs> Ambiguous Asian featured guy decided it's okay for him to be racist because he's confusing. Where are your dogs? <laughs> This is not the kind of show that I wanted to do, Moshe. Sorry. Let's focus. All right. I just, well, I know Jews get fucked up and lost, but like, you know, I, okay, you're right. I get it. What is your background, though? You seem to have... I'm, I'm African-American. <laughs> do you have Jewish parents? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
No, because Jewish. Moshe Kasher is not a fucking around kind of Jewish right. name. That's why, what can we do to this kid to make sure everyone knows he's a fucking Jew? Yeah, I worked with Patrice O'Neill once a long time ago, and he, got, he came on stage, and he was like, damn, Moshe Kasher, your name might as well be Jewish Jewish, nigga. <laughs> And all I heard was him calling me nigga, and I felt like, <laughs> yeah. But if I said that, they would have been loaded. <laughs> it would be weird. Or oh, that's Snow Mexican over there. Snow Mexican. <laughs> you don't think they have feelings up there on the tundra? You think that's a, that's a, you can, that, you get a pass on the Eskimos? They're all numb. They're all numb. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have this you, guy. you appropriate people chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this book about, dude? Yeah, you, you, what do you got a book actually, deal or? Actually, yeah, it's about. Strangely, it's about my. It's about thinking I'm black, sort of, in a sort of weird way. It's about my childhood. It's my childhood. You really memoirs. thought you were black? Well, no. I mean, I'm. I'm from. I've, I. I uh, moved from o New York to Oakland when I was nine months old. My my mom essentially kidnapped me and uh, took us from New York to Oakland, where I was then one of the few sort of white children in Oakland public school she system. She kidnapped you? Was it like, we have to get you away from these Jews? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, she, 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 yeah, she's, oh, I was nine months old, so I don't, I don't remember a lot of the dialogue. Why did, the, what? <laughs> you can make it up for the yeah, book. Yeah. That's what I people am, do. That's, that's what I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When I was nine, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. And, and I, I moved to Oakland, and then, it's a whole thing about, uh, you know, as you, as you know, I, I, I well, I, I went to rehab and stuff when I was like 13 years old. I went, I've been locked up. I've been, I, I got locked up a whole bunch when I was a, a kid. So, really? Yeah, I mean, don't I, don't I have that look about me? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have known that underneath that pinkish striped dandy outfit yeah. is a criminal well in jail is when I first was exposed to the horrors of homosexuality and uh, no I'm just kidding um, no are but, you, you're not gay are you no no I'm not but I look I got the look yeah yeah not only do you have it you seem to be cultivating it. that's yeah, true it's true <laughs> it's not one of those things where it's like why why do you think I'm gay <laughs> I'm more like in the store like mm, <laughs> yes that one <laughs> <laughs> that looks gay, but yeah. So I got, I got, I, w I was locked up a bunch when I was a kid. I, I, I went to rehab for the first time when I was uh, thirteen years old, and I was in and out of rehab until I was uh, almost sixteen. I've been locked in mental hospitals. I've been took the short yellow bus to school. I was like, I was like retarded. I was functionally retarded. Can you tell us about some of your crimes? Like, were you like, like, what kind of crimes did you do at twelve? It was super juvenile stuff. Like, and that's sort of that's uh, just by virtue of the fact you were twelve. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's you right. I thought, major bank robberies. Right. No, I thought that was funny in that email when that kid was like, "This was the most WTF moment in our immediate history." I was like, "You only have an immediate history <laughs> when you're 16." But, uh, but I, what was? What well, we were just like, we were in a. I was in a gang when I was a kid called the. Uh, <laughs> The pure adrenaline gangsters, and <laughs> man, that sounds scary. <laughs> they, well, that's the idea. There is no, there is no pretense in this book that I was, in fact, hardcore. It's more that I was the pure adrenaline gangsters. It's, it's really a book about about kids that think that they're it, that they're incredibly tough when they're not at all. I mean, it's really, it's really about, you know. So you guys are on the streets of Oakland? Yeah. The pure adrenaline gangsters? Yeah, which I, I say in the book, like, it was such a, it was such a faggy name, it should have been called, like, the pure hardcore adrenaline gangsters, or fag. <laughs> 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 
would be a cool name for a gang. So would you like terrorize nine year olds? Well, I had to like. Uh, well, I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty. A lot of stuff was pretty intense in in Oakland. It was the early '90s in Oakland, so it was like right when you know, sort of, it was like the murder capital of of the United States, and so a lot of that stuff trickled down to us white, us sort of disaffected, poor white kids. We uh-huh. just really all super hardcore wanted to be black and be tough and cool, and so we went ahead and did it uh you know we we made the switch we made the change and that lasted till what like six years ago <laughs> yeah until i opened for you in san francisco <laughs> no but maybe if it? you saw a sort of uh sort of wigger vibe happening um i it's he's saying it yeah i can say it because he was one i guess because i used to be one but um See, that didn't work this, with these people no i guess not you're gonna have to swim back from wigger my friend if you ex- heard well. That, actually, this is interesting because because uh, I noticed that I, I kind of got out of that kind of confused racial identity. Is that better? Uh, I don't know. S- sort of situation. That's that guy. Yeah, right. He just screams snow Mexican. <laughs> Uh, but then I found it when I started comedy years later, years after I kind of I got I, I went to rehab for the last time when I was sixteen and uh, have been uh, you know I was in therapy eight eight different times a week you know I mean I, I, I was in some hardcore like Jesus situations. Christ what the fuck was wrong with you right I mean look you're a pleasant person now yeah did you work it out or are you just hiding it somewhere <laughs> uh, I'm not hiding it I'm hiding them in my basement <laughs> I really, if I could get that 16 year old guy's email, I'd really appreciate that. Yeah, hell, I'll give you the cleaver too if you want. <laughs> you thought that was a what the fuck moment. Well, I'm sober too. <laughs> you know, I've got the sober thing going, but I didn't do it till I was 35. Are you sure you got your licks in? Or? I'm not sure. It's mm. a scary thing, isn't it? You become, I'm now, I'm now, I'm now older. And, How old uh, are you? I'm 30, 30 uh-huh. years old. So it's been, I've been, you know, I've been cleaning sober now 15 years. Dude, there's and I'm drugs 30 years you didn't old. even know were around. Well, there's drugs that weren't around. Oh, I know, right? And then they became invented. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the rave scene, though. Uh, like, before it <laughs> went. Uh, of course he did. Look at yeah. it. It's part of the natural evolution. And so I Like, saw, how, how, how far in? Like, Dr. Seuss hat far? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> very far. I mean, I mean, glitter, glitter, pacifier. Oh, by the way, this is funny. Because... because <laughs> No, but this is funny because I was a young man and I had at this point become clean and sober, but I was really deep in the rave world and I really loved be- like the whole image. Uh-huh. And the pacifier is specifically for people on ecstasy to not grind their teeth, but I didn't, I didn't take ecstasy. I just had the pacifier <laughs> because I thought it was cool. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention two what? things. My parents are both deaf and my father is a, Hasid- a Hasidic Jew. An Hasidic deaf Jew? And... Yeah. So that's why your mom left. Yeah. Where are you taking the baby? <laughs> Where are you taking the baby? They just left. Oh, you're saying because they're deaf? Yeah. Oh, I get it. That's oh, cool. I'm sorry. Oh, that's wrong. It would have been like. <laughs> I feel like that guy whose eyes are going to pop like corks right now. <laughs> um. So my parents are both deaf. My father's a Hasidic Jew. My mother's a semi-atheist Jewish hippie. There's all these God fucked up, it, swirling dynamics. Yeah, by the book. It's called uh, Kasher and the Rye. <laughs> is it out? No, but it will be. Is it really called that? Yeah, it really is. All right. Moshe Kasher, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what a, what a, what a, a pleasure it is to have this next guest, because like I said before, I love her. I've not seen her in a long time. 
I'm glad she made it out. Please welcome, you may remember her from her show, The Minor Accomplishments of Jackie Woodman, Laura Keitlinger, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Hello. Laura, uh, Laura's shaking her martini shaker. Is that what you call it? A shaker? And you have a glass of vodka. Not, oh, yeah, all this talk of not drinking. I'm glad that you're still... put me back on the wagon. Just in two minutes, I'm back on the fucking wagon listening to you whiners out here. <laughs> you fucking babies. It's like the sword of Damocles between Mark and me. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so you're still at it. That's good. Yeah. Oh, I'm proud of I you. I can stick to a few things. <laughs> Unlike you guys who can bail. <laughs> the last time I talked to you, I wanted you to come to the house... Uh, to do the what the fuck in the garage. Right, that a- sounds great, right? Everybody, ladies? <laughs> Guys, trannies? Yeah. Come and do this in the garage. Cutie? Yeah. You look great, Mark. Thank you very much. But there was an issue where you're like, if I get in the car and I come out there, I'm not going to be able to get home. <laughs> Did you? That's right. I was going to have to stay overnight and have sex with you and then have a baby because, and, and move in because I'd get lost going home. And, and the thought of that w- made me think, I'm just going to have to stay here and be your baby mama's whatever and just live that Jew- Jewish neurotic fucking disaster. <laughs> Uh, we never did date, though. You know that, right? I know. We What? We never did. Never. But I have a lock of your hair in my... Oh, fuck. In my what? The... <laughs> <laughs> These people love you, man. They love you. No, I'm just saying this is a night. great crowd. Uh, do you, what have you been doing? Have you been getting out of the Have house? I slept with anyone in here? No, okay. Do you remember all of them? Yeah, I do. No, I was just thinking, I'm kind of seeing two guys that make one age-appropriate guy, because <laughs> I don't meet anybody that other, except young guys, they're the only ones that ask me out, and they're all like, uh, all addicted to porn. <laughs> and I think also, um, <laughs> you know, I, can I just did like bring sure. up some advice? I, absolutely. Um, you guys, you know, you don't have to do everything that you've ever seen in, in, in your life in porn movies in one night. <laughs> you know, you can spread it out a little, you know, like, you know, how about, you know, let's parcel out the magic. You can spank me one night and then call me a whore the next. You know, let's just like... <laughs> Not rush into it all? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm lazy. I don't get out of the house. I, I can't handle too much. <laughs> Spread it out. <laughs> yeah. Do it over let's a make, week. Yeah, let's not make it... So you go out with the younger guys? I seem to, yeah. Yeah, like how young? Like we talked 16. No, good. Yeah. No. So there's uh, a teaching element to it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. No, they're better than me. That's what's sad. Uh, no, uh, I come really fast, too. Um, no, um, because I like to get it over with. Anybody? Uh. <laughs> Do you want to go out? You and me? Yeah. You're I, a little old for her, I think. Mark. <laughs> Thanks, Marsha. I was just about to give Moisha my phone number. Is it Moisha? Marsha? It doesn't matter. Is it okay if I call you Marsha? Because I'm yeah, from upstate New York. <laughs> call me whatever you want. I'm going to call you a whore. Regardless. <laughs> I just got excited. A little bit. A little bit. That, okay. Do you feel, like? Do you like? Let me just ask you: when you mm-hmm. go, when you date a guy that's like really into porn, mm-hmm. I mean, does it bother you at all at first? You're sort of like. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Well. All right. I was with this guy, yeah. giving him a, a hand job. Do the kids still call it that? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I only know when people come into the house. Like if you know, then they tell me what's going on. Uh, so it could. Be, it's still 1970 to me, and that's why I'm in this prison outfit from the 70s. Uh, <laughs> all right. 
So I was, give, you know, trying to give this, you know, and it was so important to both of us. He had both of, you know, he had, he was directing me. I had both my hands on it. He had his hand on it. It was like, you know, if we didn't like start a fire by morning, we'd both be dead. It was so important to the focus. And I like that, like, you know, it's almost like, you know, I was thinking like it was really such concentration. If, if we spent that kind of time, like teaching kids to read, you know, or, 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 you know, illiteracy would be dead, you know, gone overnight, you know, it'd be eradicated if we, if all of us said, how about like, let's forego a hand job and teach some kids to read. And we'd be exactly where we are because nobody would. But anyway, uh, so I was like, we were both, you know, working on it. And then finally, finally, uh, he spits on it. Yeah. And I didn't know what that meant. I thought, I thought he'd just kind of given up. <laughs> you know? Like, and I thought, so then I spit on it too. <laughs> said yeah fuck this this, let's get out of (laughs) here this is good money after bad ladies (laughs) you might have to go out with me because you're you know i think so you know my old my old habits we have to sleep in a wheelchair together if that's all right and you can take me outside I guess I'm going to go, you know, I guess I'm going to gorify. When I saw, Mar- well, Mark, what did you say to me? When you, you said, have you done anything? Have you gone outside? Was that yeah, what you said well, to me? yeah, because like the, 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 the map thing was a little disconcerting in right, a way. You know, true. I love you. But I do get fact, lost all the time. But they have maps. They have GPSs. You can, you can find out. I know, how but it doesn't mean anything to me. You, you literally wouldn't come to my house because you were concerned that you would never get home. Yeah, well, because I thought I'd get, I'd just get lost. I don't know. It's just like I, either I'm, uh, you know, daydreaming. It just goes out the window. I could walk out, you know, and there's actually a condition. Uh-huh. Um, um, oh, did you want to play it's that It's called game? antisocial. What? Uh, the, oh, the game where it's uh, 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 guess, uh, guess your mental oh, illness. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, uh, well, let's name some symptoms. Okay, well, well first of all, my good friend... Uh, uh, a stand-up comic, Nick Smith's here also tonight, and he was saying he thinks I'm uh, ADD because I can't concentrate on things. Like I'll uh, start something and you know walk away from. It. Like I'll put on the you know my curling iron and mm-hmm. then you know um, uh, decide that I've got to you know give the dog a bath or you know whatever. And the house is burning down. You know just you know uh-huh. just easily easily distracted. Um, and don't leave the house. Don't leave the house. And um, drink. You drink. I drink. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you obsess about things? Do you uh, drink a lot? No, I don't drink a lot. Actually, I just drink whenever I leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you getting to the bottom of this? Yeah, yeah. Marsha, I'm about, I'm about to spring the intervention on you. All right, and uh, <laughs> Dante, if you want to come forward. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, okay, let's see. Can anyone name uh, Laura's mental? Well, and the, and my, but my therapist, the professional, says it's major depression. And I have a story about that. That, that oh, I actually I met this woman. Uh, we were working downtown on minor accomplishments, and there was this woman, and her name, and she was um, maybe a little checked out, and uh, her name was General Sparkle. That's how she introduced herself. <laughs> And I had just found out I had major depression. So every morning when we came in to shoot, I'd say, major depression. And she'd say, general sparkle. And I was like, this is where it should be. This all makes sense now. <laughs> this is without acid. We didn't even need it. Are you depressed, though? Yeah. Really? It's always, I must watch, be. What do you just watch TV? I don't day, even or? watch TV. I'm just always at the computer writing or, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I've, I've actually bought a money pit house. So I'm, I'm trying to, like, write myself out of debt. I've written five pilots. 
Really? Yeah. And have any of two them? of them are decent. One of them sold, and I can't actually can't say where. I guess he's and writing a book. Did you write a book? I am writing a novel. A novel? Yeah. About? And I actually, um, uh, well, it's kind of about uh, myself and my two friends, but um, I call it soft serve. You know what that is? <laughs> it's ice cream, isn't it? Yes. No. <laughs> it's this. Do you know what it is, Kitten? No. It's. I found out about this. It's the worst thing ever. It, can I say what I think it is? Yes. It, it sounds like stuffing your flaccid penis inside of a vagina. Is that That's correct? That's it? Oh, fuck. Damn. So it's not a good thing. No. <laughs> it depends on where you're coming from. <laughs> no, it's not a good thing. It's like a... a put, you know, like trying to put jello in a mold or I, something. I know what it's like. Okay. <laughs> You're doing it to me now under the table, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Uh, I was hoping you wouldn't notice. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's called soft serve, and it's like this kind of like it started because this, well, this friend of mine um, wound up uh, getting pregnant uh-huh. with through soft serve. Wow! The guy came with no boner. Wow! Yeah. That's surprising. I know. Pre- and I oh, said, pre- oh, we just well, got a well, clinical no, pre-cum over here. He said, no, but he, he said, he, he, well, he, his, he said, well, I get hard once I get inside. That's what he said to, to her, to my friend. And, and I, apparently he did. Or she's like a terrarium and just somehow, you know, sprouted <laughs> well, this thing. And You can ejaculate while flaccid. I've done that once. Of course you have. You've been sober for 15 years. Yes. <laughs> you got to do something. No, it can happen. Can I know. Happen. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what happened. Probably self serve. Can we go back to what we're what we're here to talk <laughs> what we're here to talk about, which is this this uh, the church benefit on Sunday? <laughs> I feel like we've lost. <laughs> well, that is actually how the church came to be was through somebody ejaculating. Well, right. Flaccid. But let's, you, let's uh, we're sitting by the phone, so please please donate. Please let's get this thing. Let's kick this off on Sunday. Let's make sure. Laura Keitlinger, ladies and gentlemen. No, just move down. It's weird. It feels really intimate tonight because of the missing. It's I like it. It's really great. And this guy, I met this guy in Austin, and he's very funny. And he's one. Of the, he's one of those comics where, you know, I, he's he's sort of in a different time zone than me. Uh, please welcome Brendan Walsh to the stage. Yay! Oh, you have gifts for me? Yeah. Oh, because you make the t-shirts. I make t-shirts. Oh, I forgot to give away my t-shirts. This is like, I was thinking, this is like one drama for old assholes out here. Oh, Because you give away t-shirts. Abusive fathers kick ass. (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) 10 a.m. still drunk. Oh, I love that. Those are great shirts. Is that what you're doing now? The shirt thing? I just started. I was doing it in Austin. I had them in a couple stores there, but uh, I had a studio where I could print them there. So now I just kind of make them for giving It's fun, right? It is. It's like, it's satisfying because it's something that you can do. Like, you have a pile of fucking shirts when you're done printing them. Yeah. So you're like, there. You know what I have a lot of? I did something. Yeah, I have a lot of these because I had a big idea, but apparently no one can wear them. They say nerd cock. On That's them. a good one. I like that. You like nerd That's cock? That's funny. <laughs> like people like the idea because I've explained it many a times. But when they when they get the shirt, they get emails. They're like, I don't know where the fuck to wear this. <laughs> I, I have kids. I can't wear. It. But you I, know, nerd takes the offensiveness out of cock. Yeah, but I thought like nerd nerds would be proud to be nerd cock. Like I see it as a, a proactive thing. Mm-hmm. Like nerds have cock. Nerd cock. 
You know what I'd like? What? A small cock. Just so you know, on a t-shirt. <laughs> I've got one of those. <laughs> you got one. <laughs> so you don't have to go all the way through. Who a small nerd the... cock? <laughs> oh, that would... Throw it back. <laughs> I also uh, print up t-shirts that say size doesn't matter on them, but they're only available in triple extra large and double extra small. <laughs> <laughs> I met you first in Austin, and uh, you were you were uh, sort of you know sort of edgy yeah. and angry, and you're like you know I, you know you're sort of coming apart at the seams. Did that ever fully happen? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, I lost my mind like three years ago. That's like the whole beard and everything. I like flipped out and fucking quit comedy. <laughs> Went into the woods in upstate New York. You did? Uh-huh. Oh fucking god bless you! <laughs> yeah. How long were you up there? Uh, I was only up there for a summer, but I spent some time. If I was like in my mom's basement for like nice. six months. Nice. Where in upstate New York were you? I have to know. Uh, Cooperstown, right outside of Cooperstown. Okay. So baseball Hall, Hall of Fame. fame. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in the. So were you out there. behind the baseball Hall of Fame? And then people were like, "That's the bearded guy." Yeah. yeah. No, there's a lot of bearded guys up there. What were you doing? Were you like out in the woods? Just were you fucking rocking wood? out. No, we. Oh. Uh, a friend of mine has his dad had just bought this like house that a tree fell on and his dad's like this crazy <laughs> good carpenter yeah so he fixed up the house and like was trying to say either way it's just an empty house <laughs> yeah and it, it was it, it was just an empty house and a good buddy of mine that i knew from austin was living there sure and he just had all this musical equipment and just woods and so you're like we're gonna beer. make the record yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like just fucking, <laughs> just fucking around. Yeah, but, yeah those those days are so gone to me in the way where you know some guy calls you. It's like, dude, I got a house, man. You want to yeah. come up? And you're like, fuck yeah, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Let me just leave my apartment and load my car. Yeah, yeah. It well, it was, it was easier to do that because I was I had already left all my shit in Austin and what driven did you do with back. It? I fucking just got rid of it. Do you just isn't it funny when you do that when you give shit away? Like when yeah. I left New York in a panic once, I gave this huge bed to a guy across the hall who I knew was sleeping on the floor. Oh. Yeah, but he was doing it by choice. He was a realist painter. I don't know right. what that had to do with anything. <laughs> but I said, Do you want my bed? And he was like, Oh my God. I'm like, I'm not gonna do it if it's gonna change your art. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you get a good night's sleep, you might, might not fuck paint that up. fucking pear and banana properly. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's right I don't know what became of that guy yeah. this, is a, this is a severely mentally ill Panel. Group of people Isn't Yeah, it? yeah cool. it really is Oh it's comedians We're, we're comedians. almost like all, yeah, We're almost yeah, like all levels of depression It's almost like in descending order I'm not order. depressed I'm not, oh, right. I'm, not okay. de- I'm not You're about de- to snap Just shut You are so about to snap <laughs> You're sitting on it Sitting on it Sitting on it I don't need drinks I don't need antidepressants You're gonna like Fucking pull your head off And shit down your own neck By the time you get it <laughs> And you've done it before. Yes, I have. No. I, I had a taste no. of it yesterday. Do you no. have that, man? Do you snap? No. Ever since my meltdown existential crisis thing, I'm fucking way more mellow now. Like, I just don't. I used to really get hateful. Like, Well, that's when I met you. Like, literally, you were the yeah. kind of guy where I I was in a relationship then, too. Ah. <laughs> Women. <laughs> Am I right, ladies? We breed hate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was... Yeah, I don't know. That was like, that was probably like, I was pretty new. It was probably 2002, 2003. I had like just started comedy and it was right on the heels of like September 11th and stuff. And I was yeah, really that. Yeah. Well, you know, I did. You know, I, I was just, really <laughs> disenchanted after that. Like I just was like, 
you know, I didn't trust the government already. Right, exactly. And like that morning when the planes were flying into shit, yeah. I, I, my thought wasn't like, we're under attack. I was like, what are these fucking assholes up to? <laughs> and, and, that, and that's like kind of when we met. Like, we, that's what we kind of bonded on. <laughs> we're like, 9-11's an inside job. <laughs> exactly. <shit. laughs> But you actually did the thing that would be the, the, the direct trajectory of that thinking. I'm going to the mountains. I'm yeah, going off the, the grid. Yeah. You know, I'm on to this. Well, but that wasn't until 2007. I'm going to the Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it. going to get a picture next to a bust of Yogi Berra. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Take that, terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> I did have, when I was up there, I had this one friend that I was... Uh, that I would talk to here and there. And I had bought um, an accommodator. Is anybody familiar with What the, is that? It's a sex toy oh, that I bought be. it purely for... I haven't used it yet, ladies, if uh, you want what, the accommodator. It's a chin strap with a dildo on it. <laughs> the fucking dildo chin strap. Google it. It's amazing, right? It's like... It's uh, she's you look shocked. So okay, she so you're really excited. You slide it in you and you stay, can you, yeah. I yeah, it's, you and then can, you can do the other thing. Them you're out putting a dildo in your own mouth on your chin, and then the girl sits on it, oh. and you can, and you can work the other like thing. Do that, but it's it's an absurd looking thing. I mean, no. it's a dildo coming off your thing. So like that's the other reason I bought it was like oh I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear like, this in the car. Right, I was gonna like wear it wear it to the bank and shit. And if people like if people gave me grief. About about it, I'd be like, oh, come on, I have a medical condition. Like, I have to fucking wear this. It's bad enough. Because it's not all like veiny and shit. It's just the foul. Come on, let me merge, dick face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we finally found the right place to wear your nerd cock shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was going as an act of, uh, I guess, would be considered terrorism. I never actually made it into the Hall of Fame, no. but. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was going to take it into the Hall of Fame and put the accommodator on the bust of Yogi Berra. Or I wish something. you would have brought it. I'd love to see what it looks like. I sh well, next time we'll all bring right. it. I mean, you could get you can Who's see got it an iPhone. Get, get a one. get a cock strap face thing. I have to say, even, uh, as a rest. guy, even as a guy, you know, I'm doing it uh, to you know please my girlfriend or just for an extra kick or something. I think putting it on would make me feel bad. Yeah. It's absurd. I mean, nobody. Should have a cock on their chin? <laughs> Not <laughs> nobody. <the> <laughs> no, I mean, it's just seems Unless it happens like naturally. so... Your beard is so big, like Brendan, too. Yeah, it's know. funny to think of you with the accommodator with your yeah. hair like <laughs> all akimbo. <laughs> it's a gross... I mean, I think it could be fun, but it just seems like... You know what you I think it's great about it? Is that there's years of planning in this now. Yeah. That you've got the accommodator years ago, and it's still a project that hasn't really come to, to, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to pass yet. I should try, That should be a goal. I should try to use it on someone. I, I think you should write it down. Now, where, where have you been lately? Anywhere interesting? Uh, I was in Alaska. Holy shit, looking for a place to live? No, no. <laughs> Just doing... Uh, Seems like the next logical yeah. step. Um just tell, telling jokes, doing a... You know, I, so I went up there once and I was paralyzed with fear to go up there because it was like Fairbanks, it was a college gig. Oh, and I, remember, I did that yeah, gig. And I remember was, asking CK, I said, you know, what the fuck is it like? And he said, they're just happy you came. Absolutely. Yeah. But I remember specifically being driven down a street by the student activities person mm -hmm. who picked me up and she pointed at like just these three apartment buildings, like not even big ones, just four mm -hmm. story apartment buildings sitting alone and she said, that's the bad neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> These three structures on a tundra. 
It's weird to think of there being a bad neighborhood in Alaska. Like people would go up there and then descend into crime in the woods. <laughs> like it's a weird idea. Because it's the neighborhood to do that makes and you everybody's bad. drunk. I have a trivia question. Okay. Who's the guy who pitched the no hitter on LSD? Oh, uh, Gooden, Dwight Gooden, right? Doc Ellis. Baseball people. Thank Doc you. Ellis? Look, these two people are like Doc. the best audience members. Yeah, she, she had the cock she, uh, thing. Pre-com and, and Doc Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we need anybody else. Next time, can we just have these two kids? What are your names? Amber Sweet. Amber Sweet. IMDb. Amber Sweet and Todd? You guys, huh? <laughs> Todd? Amber Sweet and Todd? Yeah. To Holy be fair God, to you Todd. Guys make a record. Yeah. <laughs> And it should just be called that. And it's just, it's just you dress like this sitting on the record. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the album Amber should be Sweet. called Kill Em All, Let Todd Sort Em Out. <laughs> yes. Oh, I like Featuring that. Featuring Amber Sweet. <laughs> Brendan Walsh, ladies and gentlemen. Laura Keitlinger. Oh. Moshe Kasher. Our esteemed WTF panel for this evening. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I'll see you backstage. Amber, Sweet, and Todd. Are you going to hang out, you guys? Are you going to hang out for a minute? No, I'm in backstage. I love seeing you guys. Thanks. What's the matter, Laura? <sighs> you don't know how to get out of here? Just don't get lost between... <laughs> She's so funny. All right, we've got a couple more things. We're running a little late, but uh, they're just, the kids are going to have to wait. Right now, it's, uh, it's my pleasure... Uh, to bring out Jim Earl uh, to do uh, this week's uh, In Memoriam. Jim, please. Hi, Jim. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm good. A lot of stuff going on this week, huh? A lot of people dying? Oh, a lot of people dying. Okay, let's get in it. Richard LaMotta, creator of the Chipwich Ice Cream Sandwich. Mm. <laughs> Richard LaMotta, the inventor of the Chipwich, a cold slab of vanilla sandwich between two chunky chocolate chip cookies, is now freezing his chips off on a <laughs> cold slab of concrete. Friends, friends say there's no truth to the rumor his heart gave out at the two potato bar in the West Village after attempting to squeeze himself between two chunky men to create a manwich. There's no truth to that rumor. Uh, I'm happy to hear that. Lamada debuted his invention on the streets of New York way back in 1982, Mark. Mm. And within two weeks, he was selling over 40,000 chipwitches a day. Imagine that. Yeah, mostly to the ghost of Elvis. <laughs> Elvis. Elvis, was a, Elvis ate a lot. At one point, chip wishes became so popular, the mayor, Ed Koch, agreed to pose for a famous photo of himself biting into one. Eight years later, a New York cop raped Abner Luima with a broomstick. Coincidence? You be the judge. Sad that guy died. Huh? Oh. There were many Chipwish imitations on the market, uh, but none ever seemed to catch the public's fancy. They included names like Chili Chips, Chips and Chips, and the hugely unsuccessful Two Slabs of Crud Surrounding a Lump of Shit. 
with Lyman. <laughs> Lyman. I thought the Lyman would get a bigger reaction than. <laughs> yeah. Richard was a cousin of boxing champ Jake LaMotta. Oh. Mm-hmm. Whose love for the creamy concoction became so intense, he once even accused Richard of, quote, fucking his chip witch. <laughs> you fucking my chip witch? You I heard things. Witch? Yeah, you fuck my chip witch? John Barron, inventor of the ATM. Oh, John Barron, really? yeah. Oh, a Scotsman who over 40 years ago invented the automated teller machine is now out of cash. <laughs> Witnesses. Oh, boy. News of his death couldn't be confirmed until four days after he was deposited at the morgue. Because the bank said they had to put a hold on his corpse. (laughs) Barron said uh, he came up with the idea for ATMs after being locked out of his bank. He also said his invention was inspired by uh, candy vending machines. Which leads me to my next question. Which story is it, asshole? <laughs> is it the f- fucking candy vending machine or is it the f- fucking bank thing? What a fucking jerk. Here's an interesting factoid, Mark. Okay, Jim. The, the world's highest ATM is located in uh, Tibet at 5,000 meters. Mm. Yeah. And the world's lowest ATM is loaded, uh, located 400 meters below sea level near the Dead Sea. Mm. And the world's stickiest is in Amsterdam. It is literally packed with semen. (laughs) Wikipedia. Baron requested his body be dried and molded into a hard protective case containing four trays of $20 bills and placed near any dark place where people may gather to get robbed or kidnapped. Thank you, Jim. Jim Earl from the Clutter Family and the David Feldman Podcast. Now it's time for closing words. I don't even know what the fuck he's going to talk about. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Pepitone, just sit down and do this. We're running late. Are we running late? That doesn't matter. I'll go then. I'll go really. No, 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 no. Just tell, I did, we didn't do prepare or anything. I don't even know where to start with you. Yeah, well, I'm going to start. What is this over here? It's vodka. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> No, I am going to start with I was walking on the beach today in Santa Monica and there was a beautiful either loon or coriander. What is it, honey? A- honey? Oh, it's your Cor- girlfriend. Sorry. A loon. It was a fucking loon. <laughs> and I'll tell you where my mind went, Mark. Yes. I'll tell you where my mind went, UCB. It went to what the fuck is going on with our world. We are overrun. I'm talking about, and nobody fucking talks about this because they're too busy talking about their genitals. (laughs) But what the fuck is going on with this environmental disaster that is taking place in the Gulf of fucking Mexico. And now 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 let me tell you something why I bring it up. I bring it up one because you don't care. And and two because we are so getting bent over now by corporations. It is not 
even funny, even though I am a funny person and I just walk around my house going, that's funny, that's funny, that's funny, that's funny. And there's a lot, no, I, that's what I do. That's what I do. Yet when I come on Mark's show, I'm angry and I think it makes me mentally ill. I've talked to you about yeah, this. Yeah. But I want to be a comedian who has something to say because mm. so many comics yeah. just go up and they talk about their fucking genitals. <laughs> Okay, they talk about their genitals or their targets are wrong. They talk about, oh, aren't the fucking, isn't the help at Rite Aid fucked up? No, no, no. Even though, even though when I go in Rite Aid, I am pissed from word one because the lines, no, the lines don't move. But I know the big picture that it's not the little people who I'm angry at in the moment, furious at. It's, I just want to say this, that folks, folks, when are we going to take care of each other? When, when are we, <laughs> when are we going to stop being so fucking competitive? And I have that problem too. I'm the funniest guy on Twitter. I know that. I know that. I fucking know that. Yet I look and I have 3,000 followers and some fuck will have 500 million followers who just tweet shit like, oh, I just made a sandwich. But because they were on some fucking show, everybody's like, let's follow them. Did you hear? Let's use, if Orson Welles was still alive, he'd have a great following. It'd be like, Orson Welles tweets would be like, I'm at Pink's. I just ate 195 hot dogs. And I don't feel well. And that... <laughs> and that would have been retweeted. But what I want... It would have been retweeted. Anyway, I want to say... I want to say to everybody, can you stop being so fucking numb out there? Corporations... I've, it's gotten to the point, and by the way, this is what it feels like, and I would never do this, like, be a leader. Like, like you know, like, if we were in the streets, this would feel very different. <laughs> because then any, I wouldn't like to do it in the streets because I would feel like there's no UCB personnel to stop a lunatic. I don't <laughs> think there is. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> That's true. If you are a lunatic, know that you could run amok in here. It's just, it's just very young interns who are paying for their classes. But let me ask you a question. If you were a leader, let's say we are out in the street and yeah. you're like right at that moment where you're like, let's go, let's go, let's go where? <laughs> well, I've been in that before because I am the type of guy who goes to demonstrations but as soon as there's a confrontation with the police, yeah. I was in I don't I, I was in I was in New York doing a demonstration and I remember yelling at the New York Times building going, Shame! Shame! And I was really getting into it. I was really getting into it. It was about the war, I think yeah. the first Persian Gulf War. Who knows at this point? 
And what happened? So many fucking wars. Uh, and we were, well, at one point, we were just stopping at different, you know, institutions. Shame! <laughs> Shame! And it feels liberating. If yeah. anyone hasn't does, done it, I recommend down here in L.A., go in front of the L.A. Times building, just yell Shame! But what happened was the cops surrounded the, the demonstrators and there was this girl. It was a girl. It was always a woman. And she was running back and forth going, this isn't a parade, people. We have to confront the police. And that's when I tiptoe away. I, I, I really do. And I had like on the no war button, like big no war buttons. And I go into the sub and I just take the no war button. <laughs> because I can blend in with, with the rabble, which is you people. You are the rabble because you're a mob mentality here. All right? Except for this person, that woman right there who has no mind at all. Now look. I am going to... i uh, just kidding. I, but look, I'm telling you, it's going to get really nasty because you know what we're going to see. And the reason why I brought up, I was walking on the beach with my girlfriend today. Sorry, ladies. And I was walking on the beach. No, I have to say that, right? Sure. I, I was walking on the beach and there was a bird and it was an injured bird. And it was a big bird. It was a loon. Anyone know what a loon is? Round of applause. Round of applause if you nap out of fear. All right. You're now going to see pictures of all these fucking innocent creatures covered in corporate fucking shit. And BP isn't even going to be paying for this shit. They're not even going to be paying for this shit. fucking horrible. He really, he he, he gets it down to a crystalline sentence. (laughs) Doesn't he? I mean, you could see him in front of a Congress going, it's fucking horrible. Bang, and they hit the gavel, and they go, that's it. Marin has spoken. Anyway, let's take care of each other. Let's just meet in theaters, okay? <laughs> Let us do this revolution in semi-safe theaters right next to cappuccino, cappuccino joints where you don't get served, pizza places and bookstores. Let's have that all around us. The stupid people have to get out of the way. The stupid must get out of the way. You fucking idiots and you know who you are. You're lethargic people. You party too much. You're narcissistic assholes. You know who I am talking to. Yes, I have a lot of those qualities myself. I'll freely admit that. So once again, I don't know what I'm saying. I mean, Eddie Peppertone. <laughs> Give it up for all my guests: Moshe Kasher, Laura Keitlinger, Brendan Walsh, Eddie Peppertone, Jim Earl. Go to PunchlineMagazine.com for all your comedy needs. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. 